Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper Post Game Recaps for the 2021-2022 season number four. For tonight, we're going to be talking about the Lakers and the Grizzlies. But before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube, at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and, of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So, what a game we had tonight. The Memphis Grizzlies, obviously, on a back-to-back, playing both L.A. teams, getting a win over my Clips last night. If you want to see the spectacular John Morant in person, check out my last video. I just posted it today, the vlog of the Clipper game. It was pretty good. I got the whole intro in there. Some great buckets from PG, from Jaw. Good stuff, man. Great view for... Yeah, it only has 100-something views right now, so go... Show some love on that video. A lot of the vlogs got a lot of likes last year. But let's talk about this Laker game first before you hopefully do that. Lakers Grizz. John Morant started out firing. Jaron Jackson, DeAnthony Melton. They looked like they picked up right where they left off, but I saw something different from the Lakers initially in the beginning of the game, and that was that Russell Westbrook was playing more on the ball. LeBron was trying to play more off the ball and sacrifice a bit. And I liked it. I liked what I was seeing uh, in that first quarter with LeBron taking a step back. But what I didn't like, if I'm a Laker fan, is Frank Vogel persisting with DeAndre Jordan at the five. I really just do not see the, the point of this. I don't know what he's done that has warranted his playing time. And obviously, I know, as I said many times, we said in the preview, we said in the first two episodes when we're talking about the Lakers, that it seems like he wants to just kind of follow the 2020 model with JaVale McGee, uh, like he did with JaVale at the five. But I thought in the beginning of the game, that's part of why the Grizzlies got up to a big start. Russell Westbrook was, you know, on the ball. And when Russell Westbrook's on the ball, you want Russ to be in attack mode. And when AD and DJ are out there, you obviously know the driving lanes are not as open. So it's more congested, harder for him to get easy looks. And, you know, LeBron missed his first shot, like long, a th- catch-and-shoot three, like long, just hit the backboard and came off. And so I think that because LeBron didn't have the ball and he's so not used to it like that, he was kind of out of rhythm with his jumper because the thing about LeBron is he's not getting to the rim as easily now, especially a team like Memphis who's pretty long and they play good defense. Desmond Bain, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has really good length. So does Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson. So they do a good job of just, you know, taking up space with their length and and their their speed or their quickness and rota- you know rotating and getting over screens. And I thought that in the first quarter though, when DeAndre came out of the game, the Lakers were down I believe like 18 to 12, everything started to change. AD went to the 5 and he started playing much more aggressively. He started posting up deeper and going to that low post area and you know Stu was talking about it in commentary tonight. It's like when he gets the ball in the low post it's just so much harder to guard him. Like, it's just so rocket. It just It feels like rocket science to these individuals sometimes. But Anthony Davis, man, 
He can do it, and he was doing it. When they went to the five there, they were feeding him, and I thought that in the beginning of that second quarter, I thought Russell Westbrook had his best, you know, best run as a Laker in, in a couple of minutes of play. I think, honestly, tonight was his best game as a Laker thus far, no question about it, and, and especially in the second quarter stretch or I believe late first quarter. Carmelo did help get him going late in that first quarter, transition three, and because AD went to the five, he was really everywhere, and John Morant went out, and I think that's where the Grizzlies struggled, the non-John minutes, both halves, but the first half, when Jaw went out, the Grizzlies, it was harder to get good shots. Westbrook was playing good D, AD was playing good D. Carmelo even had some good possessions defensively. And I thought somebody who actually made a good impact today for the Lakers was Reeves. I thought that he showed some good heart. I think that he showed in the last two games, or I don't know if he played in the Warriors game. I think he may have just played against the Suns in garbage time. But I think that on the scouting report, they sh they saw, the Grizzlies saw, that he could shoot the ball. And they were respecting him as such. So when AD was at the 5 with Melo, Monk, and Reeves, and Westbrook, the only guy you can really sag off on is Westbrook. The other guys will make you pay. And Malik Monk had his best game as a Laker tonight as well. He had a really nice bounce pass, too, at the end of that first quarter to Melo in transition. And the Lakers led 29-24 after 1. And in the second quarter, I thought that they were really good as well especially with Westbrook, getting rebounds and really controlling the offense, making really great reads and pick and rolls with Anthony Davis. He had that one nice lob to him. He was kicking it out to shooters. And even though his shot wasn't falling, he was really putting pressure on the defense and doing what Russell Westbrook does best and was pushing the pace, playing good defense, just overall playing with energy. And I thought that the Lakers had a pretty damn good second quarter, but then... John Morant came back into the game. And what he has shown so far in these two games that we've watched him play here, ladies and gents, with the, against the Los Angeles teams, is this guy's three-pointer has really improved over the offseason. And when you can't hand-check this guy, he will get to the rim. Now that... And so people will, you know, reluctantly... I'm sorry, not reluctantly. They will willingly give him the three, going underneath screens and just sagging off on him in general. And when he's hitting like he has in these first three games of the season, what are you going to do? Literally, what are you going to do? And the most important part in when it comes to driving lanes in today's NBA or maybe in any era really is the spacing. And Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton from USC. And man, he was not like this at USC. But that dude has been splash mountain so far to start this season are you kidding me I mean unbelievable Desmond Bain too has been really good and yeah John Morant coming in the end of that second quarter hitting a couple threes even hitting contested threes and cut the gap there and made it a six-point Laker lead at halftime but and then in the beginning of the third quarter I noticed the Lakers changed it up you know LeBron only had I think Russ had like 10 assists at, at halftime. LeBron only had six points and he was shooting two of nine. A lot of people were saying, oh, LeBron's getting carried. But in my eyes, that's not it. This is something that I've criticized LeBron for. If you go back to my episode, Who's the Goat? My third ever episode. I talked about how LeBron doesn't sacrifice for others. He makes others sacrifice for him. Well, in that first half, he really sacrificed. And you can see it in his stats. And that's the thing. I've said he doesn't want to sacrifice his stats. Well, in that first half, he did sacrifice his stats. And the Lakers were winning. Uh, second half, he went more ball dominant. He tried to get himself going. And Russ was much more quiet, especially in that third quarter. I thought LeBron still played well, though, in that second half on the ball. Started getting to the rim. Made a couple nice finishes. His three ball was decent. I think he was like one of three on catch and shoot or maybe two of four. I think he may have been two of four. Yeah, I think it was two of four on catch and shoot. And then 
two of five, I believe, on off the dribble. Now, I don't know that for sure, but that's my estimate, and I think it's a pretty decent estimate. Yeah, because he was four of nine from three overall. But I thought that LeBron also, when he was on the ball in the first half, just wasn't making very good reads. He made, had a couple turnovers. He had three in the game, but a couple of those came on lobs and pick-and-roll situations. And, yeah, I thought he was just a little careless with the ball and just took some... When his jumper's not falling, it just doesn't look good. But, you know, in the third quarter, he started to get going. But I also thought, you know, it's really hard to guard, as I said with the with the shooters, clearing the paint. Because of that cleared paint, it's really hard to stop a John Morant or even a DeAnthony Melton, Steven Adams pick and roll. Because Steven Adams is one of the best screen setters in the NBA. And when they're in that lane for the floater, it makes, if, unless the, the guy that's guarding the ball handler, the Jaws or the DeAnthony's, really get over that screen and really are long enough to potentially affect the shot or get a block from behind, the big man needs to step up, and that leaves Steven Adams a huge body underneath the rim for a putback dunk or layup, and he got that a couple of times tonight, and the thing is, you know, Basketball 101, help the helper, well, it's tough when Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton and Jaron Jackson Jr. are deep in the corner you know that's a tough rotation to make it's a lot of space and it's very hard to be that middle you know to be in the middle of the two worlds where you can play either pass but John Morant in that third quarter had one of the best and by the way again the DJ minutes for the Lakers in the third quarter just not really loving it man and, but I will say this, the John Morant show, he has come to Los Angeles and he has given the fans a show, both sets. Sadly for me, he handed me the L, but hey, NBA giving the Lakers the second of the back-to-back. Nothing new here, but you know, I, I, I bet the Clippers will get the uh, you know reverse of that. Hopefully, I haven't looked at the schedule, nor do I really care because, you know, we just taking it one game at a time and hopefully going to win tomorrow against Portland. And I will be there for another game day vlog. Please check it out. But anyway, let's continue with this third quarter. One of the best third quarters I have ever seen from an individual in my life. And I really don't think I'm exaggerating on that. I really think it was one of the best quarters I've ever seen from somebody. And by the way, the Memphis Grizzlies went from being down six to leading 79-77 in the third quarter by the time DeAndre Jordan went out. So I just don't think he's doing anything of worth. Let's see what his plus-minus was tonight, honestly. Minus 15, second worst on the Lakers to only Kent Bazemore. And I think Bazemore, it was tough. I think he was tasked, and actually a perfect time to mention Bazemore. He played 28 minutes. He was 3 of 3, 2 of 2 from 3. I don't even know if Laker fans knew that if you watched the game. Did it feel like he didn't miss? He missed one free throw, three of four, but he had 11 points, no uh, assists, only one rebound, so not much anywhere else. But, you know, I think it's hard when he's guarding Jaw and everyone's saying, oh, he got cooked. Dude, I think Jaw is going to be cooking everybody this season. And as I said, that was one of the best quarters I've ever seen from an individual. Some of the stuff that he was doing was just out of this world. My jaw was literally on the floor. No, honestly, pun intended at this point because I've done it twice. Dude. The the finish, there was one, and I hope you, you're going to see it all over the place, but there was one finish he had where he went up in the air and like it looked like he was going to try to go up right at AD at the apex. He he kind of waits till he goes on, you know, coming down towards the ground, reverse layup, throws it high off the glass with the English on it, you know, just, just in the, the Jordan-esque, you know, just altering his body in midair, contorting. It's just the agility. 
the skill to finish it still. And then the next play, like, comes down, splits a high pick and roll, and just goes in and dunks. And then another one, he came and spun and after a between-the-legs cross. Like, he was just putting on a show out there, guys. I mean, he's my favorite player from that class. We talked about in the preview. He's going to be an all-star this year. For me, at this point, no question. This is insane. And I don't think this is just a good run of form. I think this is really – he's like that. He's got an old-school mentality, dog. You know, he already, you know, tweeted after the game about his missed free throw. You know, he is a competitor, and he proves it with not in the stats. Even though his stats are amazing this year, he's proven it the last two years winning. Look at the difference he's made to this Memphis team. You know, he competes every night, it seems. I watch him play. And he's a pass-first, even though he's an attack-first kind of guy. But he really is, you know, an unselfish player, and that's the reason why he was my favorite player from this college class of 2019. Uh, Because when I watched him for the first time at Murray State, he was making some beautiful passes. I mean, some left-handed dimes. He even had one nice left-handed pass to the right corner today, an assist. It was just an unbelievable performance by John Morant. I see comments from novices. Guys, Spotify and Apple Podcasts first. Then I will take all questions and comments in the chat. Can't get distracted right now. Anyway, um, John Morant, great passes, though. Just an incredible third quarter overall. And the Lakers... Got outscored 34-25 after three, which led us to an incredible fourth quarter. And wow, it was the mellow show. A lot more, I think it was, this was, I think, the Dwight lineup for a little bit in the beginning of that fourth quarter. LeBron James, though, was doing a great job dictating. And, you know, he hit a couple of shots, but he was finding guys for good shots. And then it was the Carmelo Anthony show. First started out with a pull-up. Then he came down and made a three off the Austin Reeves kick. And I think it was that one dribble that he just took into rhythm. And then another one where LeBron found him on a great read in transition. And that was when LeBron got a steal. So, you know, defense leading into offense. Lakers were up by six there and caused a timeout. And that's when the crowd got into it. And Melo was really winning the crowd over. By far his best game as a Laker tonight. And then, you know, John Morant comes back and hits a three. Like... The guy just wasn't to be denied, and he did it, like, in the corners, one-on-one, just face, like, rising up like he's Bean or Devin Booker. Like, it was just unbelievable. The the type of the type of shots that that guy was making tonight, and, like, he's, like, a year younger than me. Like, what a talent, man, that we have on our hands here. And just, I love the way he competes. Hate that he's on that team. Really hate it. Despise it. It sickens me. But what a player uh, that they have there. And... Yeah, LeBron was making great reads, though, basically. You know, hit a three off a Malik Monk assist, and then he returned the favor the next play. He was just really dissecting the defense at that time, and I think that comes from just having one big. I think Anthony Davis, uh, I don't think he was in yet. I think it was either Dwight or AD, but one of the two were in, and, you know, shooters around LeBron, and you know how that works with one rim roller and a bunch of shooters. LeBron can make the read all day long. But the thing is, the Lakers, you know, they were up by nine points, but they really let their foot off the gas and started getting the Grizzlies back into it. And I think that was very dangerous. The Anthony Melton, by the way, though, what a start to the season he's off to. You know, threes galore, man. You could not leave him open. And even some contested shots. It was pretty amazing. Uh, AD and, and Russ came back into the game. And I think that it was pretty hard 
to expect Russ to make plays late in that fourth quarter because he had been taken out of rhythm by LeBron going back to doing LeBron thing. And that's the thing about these guys is they're not very good off the ball. I mean, you saw it tonight with LeBron. He was very static off the ball, stagnant, standing outside the three, uh, you know, setting some screens here and there for sure, which was which was good. And then Russ is just not an off-ball guy, so it's kind of take turnsy. And you know, if that's the strategy, Russ first half, LeBron second half, I could see that working. I just don't know to what to what level it will work. You know, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance it out. But that could be something to look for going forward. Russell Westbrook handles in the first half, LeBron plays more off-ball, and then it flips in the second half. The only thing is, it's just hard because you want to you want AD to stay aggressive too, and it's hard to balance everybody. You know, these are all alpha kind of guys. I mean, AD is more okay with being that secondary guy per se, but as a Laker fan, you want him to be that guy. You want him to want to be the number one scorer on this team and be aggressive and dominate and want to play the five and what, what have you. But John Morant continued. He would not let off. Like, he would not let him win. Just all the way, getting to the rim. It was just relentless, relentless, and he just has counters, man. He's really good one-on-one. And yeah, last night against my Clippers, he was in a lot more pick-and-roll situations, but tonight... You know, Lakers' perimeter defense isn't as sharp as ours. And he just went one-on-one, straight ISO. And it was filthy, man. It was absolutely filthy, ladies and gents. But yeah, Russell Westbrook, last four minutes or so, Lakers tried to go to him. He airballed a jumper, and they started to turn the ball over. And the Lakers, you know, were letting the Grizzlies stay within striking distance. And then LeBron started going to... You know, there was, I think they were up by three points. LeBron took the whole shot clock up, isolating on the left wing. He went over to that turnover, the right shoulder that's worked for him so far this season. Missed. I just think that, you know, instead of letting Russ throw you an entry pass and you fight for position without working all the way with the ball, you know, at the end, plus letting him touch the ball would help. But it was a bad possession for the Lakers. The Grizz came back and scored. And then it was Russ that actually attacked the basket created two guys jumping at him, and then Melo was there to follow it up, making the big play, putting the Lakers up 115-112. to 112. And then it was the foul game for the rest of the game. It took a while. Malik Monk hit two huge free throws to put the Lakers up three. Anthony Davis also hit two huge free throws to put the Lakers up three again. And then Kent Bazemore nearly blew the game for the Lakers and had the risk of it being sent to overtime by getting his hand in the cookie jar and hand-checking Ja Morant. Ja being the smart guy, noticed the hand there. Uh, smart player that he is, noticed the hand there and threw it up, drew the foul Lou Williams style, made the first two free throws and sadly missed the third off the back of the rim. And then Mello was fouled and that was the ball game. 121 to 118 in favor of the Lakers getting their first win of the season. The Grizzlies getting their first L of the season. The Lakers outscored the Grizzlies 34-28 in the fourth. John Morant after an incredible, incredible performance misses the third and final free throw and look guys you want to say he choked i think that's a lot of bullshit it happens to the best of us man it happens to the best of us and three free throws in a row is hard to make in a high pressure situation like that he's literally 22 years old so you know you got to cut the kid some slack right what a performance though by jaw 40 points and 10 assists 13 of 21 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, 9 of 11 from the line. He did have 6 turnovers, but what a performance, man. Plus 9, 40 points. He's just off to an incredible start to the season. 
Steven Adams had a decent game too. 14 points, 16 boards, 6 assists. He's off to a really solid start to his year. 7 of 11 from the field. But he didn't get to the line at all. And for your center not to have any free throw attempts is pretty weak. Jaron Jackson Jr., man. He has a lot more potential. You know, when he came out of Michigan State and I watched him play his first year, I saw him hit low post jump hooks with either hand. Then I saw him hitting threes, and it's the same thing I thought with Carl Anthony Towns. He can balance low post and outside. He can be unstoppable. Well, now he's just a three-point chucker that sits on the perimeter. Evolution, though, right? Shame. 12 points, 3 of 12, 2 of 6 from 3. Half the damn guy's shots are threes. And I'm telling you guys last night, go check out on my video. But, man, I saw him last night. The guy is so tall. Like, so tall. Like, it just makes you imagine, like, imagine being that tall and just not using your size. Just sitting outside shooting threes. It's it's tough. It's tough to watch. He's got a lot of potential, but... Desmond Bain, 17 points, plus 21, the highest of any Grizzlies. 7 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. He's off to a great start. Asher called it out in the preseason preview. Go check that out if you haven't. And if you're curious about what we said about these teams before the season... Desmond Bain was a name that he talked about and said that in summer league they were really preparing him for these type of things. He looks ready. DeAnthony Melton, 13 points, 5 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 3 boards, 3 assists, 3 steals. And not much contribution from the Grizzly bench. Xavier Tillman and Kyle Anderson each were the only two players to play 20 minutes or more. And no one even scored more than 7 points. Xavier Tillman did have 7 points and 7 rebounds though, so I'll give him a shout out. Lakers... Austin Reeves, 18 minutes played, 4 points, 2 of 3, plus 18. I thought he just had a really solid impact. And I'm not going to say that it'd be very, you know, ignorant or not ignorant, I should say, but just a little bit whack to just say he could be the new Caruso, just he's a white guy. But I think that he can bring similar things in the sense that I noticed. He, he played the best... I think he looked like the best Laker off the ball, like cutting, you know, coming off pin downs and, you know, people have to chase him because he's a shooter. So I think that that could open up some things with that off ball threat for the Lakers. And Caruso was smart in his movement off the ball, or should I say is smart with his movement off the ball. He's doing it for the Chicago Bulls, who sadly I won't be able to talk about tonight because I didn't watch their last game. So I apologize. Maybe I'll watch it tonight, talk about it tomorrow. But guess what? I won't be talking tomorrow. It's the Clipper game. So the next night, I guess. But anyway... Yeah, Austin Reeves, though, could be good going forward. And, you know, he's not the defender Caruso is, but he looked like he was competing tonight. Lakers, by the way, 16 of 30 from three. Not too many threes for this modern NBA, which I like, and 53% from three. They also shot 53% of the field. So I thought that that's really good. Very efficient for the Lakers. Uh, the Grizzlies shot 100 shots, 16 more shots than the Lakers, 45%. 13 of 35 from three. They shot 37% from there. The thing was, 17 turnovers for either ball club. I thought the Lakers got killed on second chance points tonight. They showed a stat. I don't know what it ended as, but 21 second chance points to five in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, they don't show it here on the stats, but I'm going to keep reading this, the lines. Malik Monk, good, very good contribution. 12 points, four of seven from the field, two of three from three. Definitely his best game as a Laker. Four assists, plus 19. Tied for Melo, the highest in the game. And I thought Dwight Howard actually made his best impact in the game uh, in the season so far this season. 18 minutes, but he did contest some shots at the rim. He got a block, uh, finished two shots at the basket. I think one of them was an and one, but he just missed the free throw. So I thought it was his best game so far. But Carmelo Anthony, probably the player of the game for me just because of the offensive burst he gave that Lakers team and the, the energy he gave that crowd. He sounded great, you know, first full house for the Lakers. Uh, for a full win 
first win for the Lakers in front of a full house at Stable Center. So Carmelo Anthony, 28 points, 10 to 15. That is 66% for my guys that are a little slow at math. Six of eight from three, 75% from there. My goodness, what a game for Melo. He was hitting those, you know, the three to the dome all night. DeAndre Jordan, his stats look pretty decent. Eight points, eight rebounds on four of five in 14 minutes. Three blocks. He was, eh. You know, he did okay for what he does, but he's just not a, I don't, I don't like his fit on this team. Uh, I already read Kent Bazemore. Russell Westbrook's stats do not look too great at the end, but I thought this was his best game as a Laker. 13 points, 13 assists. And, you know, that felt like, it didn't feel like 13, but, you know, it felt like a good seven or eight. And, he, he did some great things in that first half, especially. Seven rebounds, five of 15, though. You know, people are going to hate on him for his efficiency, only shooting 33%. Look, all that matters is the dub, and that's what the Lakers got tonight. LeBron James, stats sacrificed, but got the win. 19 points, six rebounds, six assists, seven of 19, inefficient, but four of nine from three. Only got to the line two times, and look, LeBron just, it's not, this, he doesn't have that same explosion getting to the rim. And that's why when his jumper's not falling, it makes a big difference. So now, you know, that jumper really unlocks things for him. So it'll be about how consistent that can be going forward throughout the course of the season. Anthony Davis, 22 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, 4 blocks though. 8 of 15. You just want AD shooting a little more than that. And honestly, I think if AD just started at the 5, he'd probably get more looks and more pick and rolls. That would be more effective for him. But anyway, that's it for the night. Um, what else is there to say, really? The Dodgers, real quick, I want to touch on them. It's tough to see it end that way. Uh, I was really hoping that we could go back-to-back, -back, first season back with fans. You know, obviously our pitching, Urias, in the game that I went to, game four. If you guys still want a vlog of that, let me know in the comments. But the Dodger vlogs haven't been doing too well, but I did go to that NLCS game. Walker Bueller, he didn't have the best postseason. Obviously, we lacked some pitching depth with Kershaw. But I think really the ultimate story is the bats and how inconsistent and how untrustworthy, unreliable they were throughout the playoff run. Dating back to the wild card game that I went to, they just didn't come in besides Mookie Betts. Trey Turner, just getting MVP chance at the wild card game. Nothing really. Nothing. Justin Turner, worst postseason I can remember in a long time. Got injured. Missed Max Muncie. Brass Muncie, that funky Muncie. Didn't get to play. You know, we didn't have Kike Hernandez this year anymore. Cody Bellinger actually did end up coming in clutch, you know, in that game five against the, the Giants. And last, you know, in game six, he did have an RBI and he had some good moments. Chris Taylor was good. AJ Pollock was good. But the Turners mainly were the most disappointing of all. And we just couldn't come up clutch with runners in scoring position throughout the playoffs. And credit to the Braves. I think the Braves, uh, I hope they win it. I hope they beat the Trastros. But yeah, that's all I got to say on the Dodgers. The Celtics got their first win of the season tonight against the Rockets. I did watch a lot of that game. The Rockets are a very good team, very young. But Jalen Green is special, man. Very special. Extreme bounce. Just one of those tall point guards like Jaw, SGA, De'Aaron Fox, that new breed of like guys that would have been twos or threes back in the day. But they're point guards because everyone just is a point big. Everyone's just a point guard. Doesn't matter what size you are now, kind of. That's what you learn. Handling the ball, making pick and roll reads. Jalen Green. Hitting three balls. Athletic as hell. But the Celtics got the job done. And Jason Tatum was hitting his three. Al Horford looked really good. And yeah, they did win without Jalen Brown. A lot of Dennis Schroeder minutes. 
but they were hitting that three ball. Grant Williams was playing well. Rob Williams was playing well. It was finally good that Celtics got a, got the W there to get their season cracking. Knicks lost to the Magic, the tragic Magic at MSG tonight. I do not know what happened. I didn't see the game. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I haven't watched any of their games either. One and two, losing to the Charlotte Hornets, who are undefeated to start this season, looking like they could easily make the play and probably will, winning by 16. People are going at James Harden, I saw on Twitter today, saying he's looking slow, looking like the decline may be upon us. And if that's the case, I am here for it. Because Plumber Jim, it's time for him to sit. And time for him to decline. So his foul baiting ways are taken out of this game forever. But seriously, yeah, I really hope that's true. But you never know. It's too early in the season. I think that if I'm a Nets, if I'm a Nets fan, I can't panic. I see everyone saying, KD, they got to make a trade. You know, KD needs some help. Tranquilo. It's been three games. Let it play out. But credit to the Charlotte Hornets, though. But yeah, and the Warriors, you know, coming up with three wins to start the season. The California sweep. Does that make me happy? Not at all. But... It is what it is. Cole Anthony, by the way, tonight for the Magic. 29 points, 16 rebounds, and 8 assists. What a game. 16 rebounds, and he's a little guy. So, you know, probably a lot of those are uncontested. But also looking at the stat line, I'm not saying he played badly because I didn't watch the game, but 30 points, 16 rebounds by Julius Randle, but 8 of 24 from the field, and 10, 2 of 10 from the three-point line. And Evan Fournier, first poor shooting night on, in his Knicks career. Eight points for him only tonight. Three of 11 from the field and two of seven from three. R.J. Barrett, five of 17 from the field and one of seven from three. Alec Burks, three of 10 from the field, one of six from three. Emmanuel quickly, 0 of four from the field, 0 of two from three. Obi Toppin, one of four from the field and 0 of three from three. So, wow. 37% shooting for the Knicks, 27 from three. I wonder if those if they got good looks, if they were genuinely getting locked up and maybe the Magic are a better defensive team than I know. Um but yeah, if you're a Knicks fan or if you watch that game, drop it in the comments below. Miles Bridges is off to a, an amazing start to the season. 32 points tonight, 9 rebounds, 9 of 16 from the field. He's been, yeah, what a start to the season for him. I think he's got two 30-plus point games. Ish Smith, 15 points as well. Kevin Durant, though, 38 points on an astonishing 17 of 24 from the field. Wow. Very efficient, but five points for Claxton, seven points for Joe Harris. Javon Carter started and only had three points on one of seven from the field. Jesus. James Harden, 15 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, eight turnovers, five fouls on six of 16 from the field, and two of eight from three. Shooting half your shots as threes, and you're not making them. Patty Mills, two of 10. And he's been good so far to start the season, so that's part of probably why they lost. No Blake Griffin either. I don't know why that's the why that's a thing, but yeah, that's basically it for me tonight. Stephen Curry had a bad shooting night. It looks like again tonight. Nine of twenty-three, four of fifteen from three, twenty-seven points, seven rebounds, ten assists, three steals. But I think that he probably created so much for his teammates because you know how Steph is in his threat off the ball. But anyway, Jordan Poole, twenty-two points again. Andrew Wiggins, 17 points, and Draymond Green, 14 points. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let me know what you thought of the recap in the comments. And make sure to subscribe on all platforms. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Make a donation to your boy. And peace. Now to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the YouTube.